Hello, Barbara. How are you? I'm fine, Adrienne. Am I getting your, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Because I haven't had the opportunity to do this podcast with you. So I want to make sure I'm saying it. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, people always say Adrienne, Adrienne. I always go back to the Rocky movie, Adrienne. That's exactly how you pronounce it. So hopefully okay. you won't be yelling at me. I'm just kidding. But you know, that's how that's how it's pronounced, but many different ways. So it's all good. Barbara, I am so excited about our podcast. We've been trying to do this for some time. You are an extremely busy lady, as we all are, but I have such immense respect for you and you have been a mentor of mine for many many years i absolutely love and adore you for those of our audience who doesn't know you can you just tell us a little bit about what you do i mean we've got so much to cover but sort of what you do today and then we're going to get into uh your amazing story okay so today i'm um i'm i'm the ceo and founder of uh two companies one being Grow Your Biz, which provides advisory boards for women who want to take their business to the next growth level. And that we're national and global. And uh, we pivoted from in-person to COVID, during COVID, to do virtual. But we were actually doing virtual even before COVID because we always want to make sure that women of every stage of their business have a chance not just to meet the women in their community, but women around the world. So it's lovely when we can bring somebody from the UK or the Netherlands with somebody in Vancouver, BC or Toronto. So, so Grow Your Biz helps women take their business to the next girl's level. Also at the same time, I started um, a not-for-profit side of Grow Your Biz and it's the Institute for Association for again, helping women. And we do that through our very well-known Accelerate Conference. And our Accelerate Conference is what I'm deep into right now. And I know you're gonna be one of our speakers, so I'm delighted to do this with you. And that will be April 24th to 26th. And it isn't an ordinary conference. And I wanna, I really, I'm just reaching for something because I wanna get the words correct. Um, it, It isn't just a business conference, it's a thought leadership conference because what I try to do is bring together really dedicated speakers who are, they, they continue to innovate, they inspire and they influence our thinking beyond the norm. So it's not just about, oh, I need to know what the best accounting package is. Oh, I need to get access to finance. Although those are all important, uh-huh. it is also about just pushing it a little bit further become a, I want, I want visionaries. I want people who really see things in a different way. So we always include megatrends. What's the new thing happening? So April 24th to 26th in beautiful Vancouver, we will be doing the Accelerate Conference. And I was very nervous about doing the first one in 2015. But out of that, we decided that what was important because people, especially not not just women, but people did not understand what SDG stood for. And that stands for Sustainable Development Goals. And I was able to put together in 2015, the first 
plenary on that, what, what an SDG is. I brought to my conference people like Amanda Ellis and Elise Nelson and Mahmoud Mahildin, who is still the senior vice president for all of the United Nations, wow. who deals with the SDGs. And he went, he had never been to a women's conference. He didn't want, want to come to Vancouver. He's try, he's an Egypt, he was a, he's a big Egyptian guy. And, and in the end that we convinced him and we said, you've got to understand that people, women need to know that's, that's the mega trend. That's what we're looking forward to because at that time, people only knew about ending poverty. And that was a 2000 goal. Well, now there's 17 SDGs, sustainable development goals. Well, he said, well, I'll fly in and I'll fly out. He did that on his own dime, came from Cairo, went back to, right? He was amazed at how many of the 320 women that attended our conference in 2015 actually were involved in an SDG. Wow. So as a result of that, we, again, I'm saying these things because one of the threads in my business is always about building relationships. And as a result of that relationship we built in 2015, we then started with a group of other people, the UN, Vital Voices, Mand Ellis. We started the We Empower UNSD Challenge, which is now going into, we always do it in 2021 or in New York. And the last one we did was the first time a, um, a, a woman from uh, BC actually won from Canada. So. Oh. I'm saying that because those are all integrated into my core of what my businesses have always been about. So and I love that. And and Barbara, just to interject, everything you're saying about your businesses and you know, I mean, I know you, people love and adore you for many different reasons, but I wanna go back to the fact that that is the core I think of who you are personally as well because you know I'm going to keep bringing it back to personal for you and the reason is and I want to get your take on this because I think sort of I think we're all going back to our grassroots which I feel is so important and that is that people are buying and corporations are buying into founders and into people versus into the beautiful logos all of our you know founders and entrepreneurs have yes. so people want to get to know you and i know you and i know you are a very kind giving generous motivating empowering woman what is something that people don't know about you personally that you might want to share for the first time on this podcast for example you might say well you know something people don't know about me is i love to cook or i rescue dogs or just something that somebody doesn't know about you i don't know if they don't know this about me but i want to always take the time when i go into a new community a new country i want to talk to the people that are voiceless and by that, I mean, I don't want to just spend time with the people that I've been invited to go there with. I want to, I want to walk along that beach. I want to sit on that park bench. I want to go into the shops that no one would necessarily go to. And I want to know the people behind those little tiny places that I meet. Because to me, they have a story. They yes. have a story. I grew up in a small town. I grew up. Uh, you know, I was on my own since I was 14. I wow. knew I did not, I wanted it. I wanted to 
I wanted to do something with my life. I wasn't going to be, you know, the expression, I don't want to, I didn't want to be break. I didn't want to be barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. I knew I do I know that expression? Oh, yes. Right. And, and I you knew know. that I had to reach out. So everybody has something wonderful to say. Everybody. And everybody that's part of your legacy. Life. Yes. Well, and I think that's the legacy that you wanted, that you've built, is that you are giving a voice to the voiceless, but also you are taking the time to get to know people, like you said, that maybe wouldn't necessarily be in the realm or in your circle, which is, you know, is a gift yeah. and just is so incredible of you to begin with. And so, you know, sort of going back to what you started to say, you were 14 and alone. Okay, do tell. I know we only have, you know, a small amount of time, but I, I love your story. And I know everybody else that's listening will draw such inspiration from, you know, your, your story and, and your journey and where you've been and where you are now. So our family in this little town uh, had a boarding home. And uh, I was 11 when my mother died. And we had, um, I had three sisters and a brother. And I was the youngest. And the older sister had been married, got married at 16, because that was that was the Dolly Parton kind of ways, and the and the Loretta Will. Uh, um, yes, I can't even think of her name right now. And she just, uh, they got married young, and yes. I fell in love with the, the one of our boarders who was 18, and he worked for the CN. Well, after we started going together, but now I'm 17. And he needed to get out of this town because he was working for the CM. He was a surveyor. So he said, I'm going west. And I said, I can only go west and marry you if I get my education. I want to continue. So the place has to have a university. And that was a story in itself because the university that I applied to, I had the grades. Academically, I was sound. I A plus all yeah. the way. But we didn't have any money. We had nothing. We had the clothes on our back and that was about it. And so it was like, you know what, I can do this. So I had three jobs. I worked in a bakery, mm -hmm. I sold Avon, and I worked in a chicken hatchery. And it was like, I was going to make money. And um, I remember that SFU turned me down on the first student loan that I applied for, which was $5,000. And they said, well, if it was your husband getting the loan, it would be different. And I just went, oh, my God. So even back in 1969, there was prejudice against women getting sure ahead. Was sure was so, so that was how i, I so I, I got my university degree i started teaching i then got a master's in counseling psychology and then the crash came in 1980s the crash came and it was like what was i going to do uh because i quit the college because i went oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start my own consulting firm i have a master's in counseling psychology now and uh we uh I got noticed for my work in home-based businesses and I was working out of a home and it was like home-based businesses were illegal and there were two people in the states that I read about one was Barbara Brabeck in Naperville Illinois and I wonder what she does today but she started forming home-based business associations and Canada in Canada we have so many rural places we have little towns that have populations of 300 400 1000 what was going to happen to them when the economy went down? Interest rates went up to 20, 20 in some cases, 26%. So that was the beginning of my very first business was to start putting together programs, how to start a home-based business. 
How do you market your product when you're in a northern community, in a rural area? So the government of BC at the time, and I can't even, it was a Socred government, asked me what I could do to help them. And I said, well, they have these beautiful products. Everything I'm wearing, everything you see in the background of my house is from a home-based business at one time. Even the couches and the furniture, everything. And I said, they're making things. They're making things. So that's how the Uniquely program started. Mm -hmm. So I took the risk and whatever, listen, I had nothing at the time. And I said, you support this one trade show that this, and we called it the, uh, we called it the BC Creative Arts Show. Mm -hmm. And I knew that these people had to figure out how do they take their products to the next growth level? What do they have to do to design and pricing? And how do they go from instant gratification of selling their product, their jewelry, whatever it is they're wearing, to um, a global stage, to a global uh, um, audience? And that turned out to be successful, luckily. I got my $65,000 for doing that. That's and awesome. from there, I continued. So we called it Uniquely BC, which turned into Uniquely Alberta, Uniquely Prairies, Uniquely Manitoba, Uniquely Ontario, Uniquely Slovenia, Uniquely Chile. And so you mentioned the TIAW award. So what happened is I had a magazine called Home Business Report, working for people working from home. Nobody had ever, like now, I wished I didn't give away my magazine. I know. <laughs> Entrepreneur Magazine, we coined a term, my partner and I, Ted James, coined a term called Homepreneur. I gave that name to Entrepreneur Magazine because it was like, I'm done. I sold the magazine for $10,000. It was like, walked away. We were too early. So we were too early with the SDGs. We were too early with the magazine. We were too early with technology in terms of the global trade shows. But that was how I became uh not, I, I became a really dedicated to international trade. So then I got asked to go to uh, Southeast Asia, Africa, uh, all these different places in the world. We were the first company in 2003 to go to Afghanistan to help the women there. And wow. I still deal with Mabubi Wazizi, who's now in London. She mm. just sent me an email this morning. I said, Mabubi, are you coming? And you know, this is the part about relationships. You don't know who you're gonna meet. Did I know in 2003 that I would still be talking to Mabuba Wazizi from Afghanistan, who's now in the UK, right? I know. How did I know? I, you don't. You but don't. That's the, but that's the beauty even of what you do today. And as you know, the next issue, our whole sort of premise is about, you know, the beauty of building and creating relationships. Why do you feel, I mean, besides from the obvious, why do you feel that creating relationships really is the core of business? I've built every single one of my relationships and businesses based on just being an authentic, uh, you know, true to your word, trustworthy person. And I know you have too. And I feel that people are always looking at marketing and they're looking at this, which is all extremely important. But I think if people sort of just take a step back and go back to just be a good person, show up, you know, I'm always, what can I do for you? And everything else will come. And I feel like you, you had a very similar experience. So can you tell our audience why you feel that creating relationships is really key and core to businesses? 
I'll give you one phrase. You only do business with people you like, period, point blank. Mm. If you're in a community where there's only one dentist and you cannot have, you don't like that dentist. I'm using mm -hmm. dentist, I don't know why. Because we only have one dentist in our town, I guess. If you only have one dentist in the town and you don't like him, you don't have a choice. You have to go to that dentist. But as soon as that person has competition, guess what? You move, you change. Mm. So that's what I mean by you and I are in a business of there's lots of people doing what we're doing. So why do we still have those clients that we had from 20 and 30? And in my case, 40 years ago, mm. it's because we formed a relationship. So they're going to, we're going to go to each other. I'll give you a, a, a concrete example. Three weeks ago, a lady by the name of Bola Olabisi from the UK, global win spelled W I I N not W I N. She, I didn't know she was following me. I met her in Ghana in 2002. Then she asked me to speak in Greenwich in the UK that two weeks later, and I did a huge conference. Now she, she does similar things to me in terms of she helps entrepreneurs and women business owners, but only those that are inventors and innovators. That's what Global Win is all about, inventors and innovators. She contacted me about four weeks ago and said, oh, and I went, oh, well, I didn't know you were still doing this. And she goes, yeah, I follow you. So immediately we started talking and I said, when did I speak for you in the UK? You know what we've just done? We've just formed, I'll hold it up, press release going out. We've just formed an alliance. Oh, and I'll I speak. Love that. And I will be speaking at for her on February the 21st, a Wednesday. It's a global wow. virtual on the power. I said, can we just call it the power of relationship marketing? Because that's what we did. That's we did not, you know, and it was like I remembered Bolo. She remembered me. She was following me. I didn't realize that. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. So it it's is. like so it's the way, you know, and that's just to interject for a moment is there's a really famous saying that, you know, people will never necessarily remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Right. That's Mario Angelo. Maya yes, Angelou that yes, did that. Yes, thank you. Her between her and Oprah, their sayings, I just I didn't want to confuse the two. But you know, and that is so true. Yeah. And so you yeah. obviously gave her this feeling of comfort and trust and warmth. And then look how many years later she reached back out and now you formed this alliance. And I think that is just so incredible that you touch these lives. Yeah. And I go back to saying creating a legacy, you know, our life is so short, right? And, you yeah, know, for yeah. some people shorter than others. And I feel that just making a difference for other people is so huge, but you have to be authentic about it, which you very much are. So what advice do you have for sort of our younger up and coming leaders and generations that are coming up and, you know, they're very different and, you know, they've got technology definitely down to uh, an art and a science. And, but I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect about the relationships. And people will say to me, you know, I don't understand, you know, I go to these networking things or whatever. And I said, well, 
you, what did you do? And they'll say, well, I went, you know, last year I went to one event here and, and I said, that's not networking. It's create the relationship. It's like you're creating a personal relationship or a bond with a pet. Like you don't just show up and then expect wonderful things to happen. Not that it, it, it might, but it's about fostering. It's about showing up, being present. What can I do for you? You and I have had many of these conversations too. So what is the advice for our up and coming leaders? Okay, and, and you hit the word authentic. So let's talk about going to a networking place. Let's talk about that for a moment. And you've been in these crowds. And this is something that I would say to people, be sincere when you go and you introduce yourself to somebody. And don't be looking over your shoulder to immediately see, oh, well, I really want to meet that person. How do I get to meet? So you leave, so you're, you're, you're creating a false environment be interaction between the two of you. You can never do that. That shows insincere. So if you're a young person, be very deep in your wanting to know more about that person. It's like, Adrian, what is it that you really do? And I'm going to interview you next. And, and I got that from you. And I'm going to ask you some of the tough questions that you're asking me. But they're not tough if you speak from your heart. Mm. So always speak from your heart. Don't don't assume that someone over there is going to give you uh, something that you, a job or a contract or something. It doesn't matter if you only get to talk to one person that night. Are you sincere? Like, yes. what's the connection, right? Because that person... it is about connections, like you said. Because yes. I think if I think everybody knows, like, I think there's sort of an unwritten, you know, rule, if you will. Everybody is present and everybody has careers or their founders or their entrepreneurs. So that that's already known to everybody. What people want to know is who's Barbara, who's, you know, uh, Joan, and who are they as people? Can I trust them? If I want to become a member, if I want to buy from them or give them my business, are they going to come through for me, you know, when the chips are down and things get tough? And I... I feel like there's such a disconnect there and I want to tell people that, you know, I, as being an entrepreneur in a male dominated industry, as you know, uh, I was very alone and it's not a good place to be. And there's so many entrepreneurs and uh, founders that still feel that way. And I mean, for me, it was two decades ago. But now with everything that's out there, I think why it, it is lonely if you if you keep yourself secluded, but there are these wonderful organizations and places to be a part of that you will be welcomed in like a family. But it, but it, but again, I want to go to the core. And, and I say this because if you're just trying to get a connection, I do say who you meet today is someone you might work with tomorrow. But if that's the motivation for talking to this person, it's mm. the wrong motivation. You want to know about, you do want to sincerely know about what are they doing? What, oh, how does that work? Like just start a real conversation because that's what's going to make a difference in the future. And that's what I, sorry, I don't know if it came across incorrectly and I agree with you with that. But what I'm saying is founders still tell me that they still feel very alone. 
meaning yes. that they're, you know, sort of isolated. And so yes. going out to these networking events or whatever you'd like to call them, I think the importance of it is to make connection. It's not to do business. Like I'm saying, everybody knows in the background, right. everybody has a business. We talk right. about, you know, a few of the events that I've I've come to uh, with you. Everybody knows and, oh, what do you do? But then they want to know you. And that's, and that's where I'm saying is the beauty. But for me, I was sort of saying, I don't know why people still feel lonely because there are organizations you can go to where there are like-minded women that can help, like can say, oh, you ran into that problem. This is what I did to get through it. So it's sharing yeah. your experiences, right? I, I totally, I, I would agree with you. That is the cornerstone of a good conversation is find out more about the person rather than the business. Yes. This will come later. Find that, out that was more. what I was saying. That's a hundred percent. Absolutely correct. So Adrian, I want to know, Oh, how long have you been living in Toronto? Oh, when did you start? Oh, that is so it. So do you have any children? Do you have any grandchildren? Like get into the, whatever it might be. It might just start with, I love your hair. Who does it for you? I mean, it's being, but it's being honest. Like don't, it's not, a, it's not a put on. It's like, I'm sincerely interested in knowing more about that person. It's, it has to come from a very authentic place because it if it doesn't, I think people see through it. And I also feel that you're not going to like it has the reason that I attend these networks and the only reason is, is to get to know people. I find yeah. people so incredibly interesting. I learned from everybody. It doesn't matter if you have one follower or three million followers. To me, I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are on social media. I'm sorry, I really don't. It's just who I am. I want, like to your point, everybody has such an interesting story. And to me, if you really go back prior to all this wonderful uh, technology that we're gifted with today, yeah. the way people learned was through story sharing. And that to me is so incredibly valuable. And I think another common thread is core values. We go to, we, we are part of organizations where there are similar core values. So it should be an easier conversation. On the other hand, you can go on a train and meet somebody there and you start a conversation up and who, you know, it's like, oh, tell me more. But if you're open to listening and that's what it, that's what it's about. Use, use less of this and more of this, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's the listening and, and it's the listening and being able to um, hear that person. And sometimes you just, you come across somebody who says something and you go, oh, oh, I can relate to that. And so you might want to share a similar experience, which is again, what Grow Your Biz advisory boards are all about. It's like, how did you handle it when you were looking for uh, when you were looking for a new social media person, how did you handle it when you were a cash flow problem? How did you handle it when, right? It's like, it's not about telling people what to do. It's about sharing the experience, mm. the values. And that's what the listening is all about. And you know what? If you've just made a friend, a new friend, that's wonderful. That's then bonus. you go on to the next person. 
Absolutely. And, you know, uh, they always say that the best leaders in the world are the best listeners. And typically in meetings, they always go last because they want to take in what everybody else is saying. And so that they'll be able to address any kind of, let's just say, concern or give the proper feedback. But it also, like you said, which is very important, it makes that other person feel like they're heard. And I also think that, you know, some people are shy and I just was talking, did a podcast uh, the other day about somebody who's shy, who's now a powerhouse, confident, you know, woman empowerment all the way. And uh, I could not believe that she was shy, but, you know, she said she started off and similar to the way I started off. And that's just being curious about the other person. And it can be, you know, you can, if you are shy, you can come to an event, whether it's virtual or in person, and have three questions, like you said, you can talk about their family, you can ask about their hair, or you can talk about, you know, the speaker that's going to be on, whatever the case may be. I mean, there there's ways to sort of overcome that barrier of feeling anxious. I mean, I think the, the last three events that I, I came to uh, that you kindly invited me to, I came alone and I was good with it. And I met so many yeah. great people. And, you know, I just, to me, it's just always an opportunity to learn. Right. And I think if you look yeah. at it that you way, said that was important to me. And you said, I came to that event and I was alone. That was a, that was a, that was a stumbling block for me. So when you asked me what I would share to a young person, maybe they don't have the same stumbling blocks. It's usually, it's usually maybe a little bit uh, an older person that might have that. They don't want to go. I have never gone to a movie theater by myself. And I'm 72. And I go, why did I? And it's like, and I think it's for me, it's the interaction I want with somebody in that theater with me because I want to talk about it after, right? Uh, I think, I'm hoping it's that. But then there's other things that are event, you know, it was like, I've been involved in a lot of wonderful events where you're dressed up in a gown and I don't have a mate and I go, and I'm always hesitant. And then I think, okay, Barb, just do it. So sometimes to this day, you still have those inner feelings that make you uncomfortable. So that's what I want to try to do this year. I want to try to go to some events alone to where I don't know anybody at all. And I want to walk in as if it's like, okay, your feet are shaking and you don't, um, you don't feel comfortable, but I want to do it. So that's my new resolution. I love that. I'm going to invite you to some of our events, but You know, and it's funny because I would never picture that or think that about you. And it's the same with uh, with something somebody said to me. They're like, oh, you know, you walk in, you talked in front of all these people and, you know, you just kill it. And I'm like, but I was the girl that would skip class, you know, for when they did speeches in high school. I skipped every single solitary one all four years. And, you know, my teachers are like, but you're very good at speaking. And I was just terrified. And then when I got into life coaching, Tony Robbins said to me, you know, you're meant for the big stage. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, no. And I told him, you know, my story about I was always terrified. And he said, further proof that you were meant for the big stage because what you are afraid of the most is what you want the most. And I don't know why I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And that was, you know, 18 years ago, but it always stuck with me. And so that it's so true. 
But going back to what you're saying, I don't know what that means for you because you've already been on so many big stages and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, showing up alone, it was a thing for me years ago, but the more uncomfortable, you know, and you know this, Barbara, growth only happens when you're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen no, no. When I think it was, on the couch, right? It isn't, it isn't speaking in front of a big audience. That's okay for me. It's going to a, uh, a, a gala event where mm -hmm. everybody is a couple and I'm not a couple. And I walk in alone with a gown on. I want an escort. I don't care. I want an escort. I want somebody to walk in with me. That was what I was always trying to overcome. I think I have overcome it. I overcame it in November when I went to the governor general's ball in a big, in a gown, but it's like, everybody has it doesn't matter your age so it's taking a look at what are your you know i always say first of all look at your weaknesses and look at your strengths mm -hmm. right that's part of it so you have to do self-awareness first then you take a look at career awareness or business awareness and then you have to take a look at decision making skills those are sort of the three core things what does self-awareness mean for you what are the what are your barriers what are the things that you need to that you want to work on doesn't matter what your age is and it can be anything so really taking uh and, and it's good to do this at the beginning of each year right take stock take stock of how do i want this year to look what is it that i want to overcome self-awareness what am i afraid of i'm afraid to phone a couple of sponsors right now and i don't know why it's like i have the i have the spiel what what is it what is wrong wrong with me and it's interesting. I have a conference coming up, right? And I'm going, oh, yeah, I think I know what the barrier is there. Oh, yeah, okay. So self-awareness and then business awareness. Well, what do I, what can I say to them that I'll, what's the, and then it's decision-making. Okay, Barb, just do it. It's a couple of big-time speakers. And I think they can just say no to me, right? Yeah. But those are, those are areas that one always has to, always has to look at again. What, I think what so, too, and I... Yeah, and I don't know that, for me, I don't think I can do it only once a year. I take inventory quite often. I sort of yeah, have this little good. TLC theory, you know, uh, self-talk, self-love, and self-care, very similar to your self-awareness. But sometimes it's like you said, because you're sort of doing it as you're talking to me, the self-talk that we say to ourselves sometimes is not very kind. And it's sort of, it's fear-based sometimes, sometimes it's ego-based. And I feel that I have this sort of theory that once you start talking out loud, like you said, you're like, well, okay, so they don't show up. That's okay. Uh, they say no. No might just mean not now, not today, not this year. And it's not the end of the world. I think we manifest it into something it's bigger than it is, right? And for myself as well. And anybody who says they don't run into that, I don't think is being truthful with themselves. So I think the self-talk and sort of yeah. positive self-talk yeah. is so incredibly important for a lot of us. But, but do you think also, Adrian? I think from, from, for me, sometimes it goes back to how I grew up, my young age. Alcoholic parents, death, fighting, all the horrible things that went on in my life at a young age. Yes. I think it goes back to self-worth, right? Oh, yes, yes. So that's oh. a difference, right? 
That's yeah, the well, I think we're talking about two different things. I feel that yeah. when I talk about TLC, it's how you talk to yourself. It's not, you know, right. I think sort of what you're talking about is healing your inner child, which we all have right. to come to terms right. with. Right. Everybody has something. I don't care who you are. Um, right. And, exactly. you know, and if you haven't done that, or if it if it is rearing its head, a lot of times what I'll do with my, my clients as I coach them, it's like, is that really truthful? Like, so fear is always false evidence appearing real. Where's, where's the evidence? And they're like, well, but it could. And I'm like, that's not evidence, right? And you and I have the experience to be able to talk ourselves through that. But yes, of course the negative comes up. That's, that's a given. But the reason I'm saying that now is because of my age. I'm, I'm okay to say that because if I'm still trying to help the next generation, if we are true to our cause, then we have to be open about our own hurt and our own self-worth and why it's still a stumbling block. And that's why I said, you know, I'm just getting brave enough to walk into those balls by myself with a gout, right? And it's because it happens that it can happen at any age. And it could be something that just triggers for you. Oh, I think so-and-so is going to go there. Well, I don't feel comfortable with that person. And then you got to get over it. So there's a lot of things that can happen, you know, the human race. <laughs> like we're, we, we, we want the connections. We crave those connections, but it's like, how do we, how do we make sure we're true to ourselves? And so, so if I'm, yeah. And yeah. so what would you say your big, what would you say is one of your stumbling blocks? Like, what is it for you where you feel like, okay, and it kind of stops you dead in its tracks? We all have them. I see my, I compare myself to other, I, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm, I'm successful enough. I don't think, right. Those are the negative thoughts that come through. And then I have to have people like you who say, Barb, I went to the TAW. I went to that award. You were amazing. Well, so it's that you never, you never realize what other people are maybe thinking about you. You only have those negative self-talk, self negative self-talks. So every, I guess what I'm saying is every day of our life, we have to, um, we have to take pause and intentionally and think of the good things that have happened in our life sure absolutely because you're you're barbara and you know the and, and you're right the way that i see you and the way hundreds and thousands of other people see you um is you know the, this grandiose wonderful woman that has really trailblazed so much for entrepreneurs and founders but you're right, everybody struggles with something, but that's what makes you even more unique and interesting that you can say, yes, I've done all of this, but I'm still just human. I, I have hurt, I have been hurt, and it still creeps up on you. And so yeah. that to me, again, goes back to the authenticity, right? And I only, and that's one of the reasons I think I, you and I get along, one of the many reasons we get along so well, but you are just so incredibly authentic. And it's something that I feel is oh, like innately inside all of us, but somehow 
we put these masks on and we yeah. pretend we have to be this for that person or that for that person when you know what everybody just really loves barb like you don't need to be anybody and the same go and i'm just using it because you and i are speaking but I feel that if we're more sort of for ourselves, okay, we've got a little fire alarm situation, which is totally fine. Um, I feel that if everybody just acts like their true authentic self, there would be such incredible relationships that can form. But I'm sure you've run into it where people say, oh, well, I've done this and I've done that. And it's very nice to hear what people have done and you know the things that they've accomplished. But you know, you're very, and I think the word I'm looking for too is you're very humble. Thank you. I don't, well, for me, the word that I need to continue to always have when I meet somebody new is empathy and try mm. to understand what's in her shoes or his shoes or the, right? It's like, Absolutely. that's where you have to do that. Uh, yeah, and empathy is. Yeah, and empathy is one of my big words. I mean, I try to lead with empathy all the time. And, you know, the, it took me a long time, especially in my younger years, to sort of differentiate between sympathy and empathy. And I right. realized the reason being is because I am an empath. I feel everything everybody else feels. It's a good thing and it's, it's a gift and a curse sometimes all at once. Um, but it really is, I think, a gift, and I know that you have that as well. And that does come from, from pain, and that does come from things that we've endured throughout our lives. It, but I also sort of turn it and say, how beautiful that you can feel all these things. Some, some of the things we don't want to feel, right? But it is a beautiful thing when you know, you're sharing and you're giving back to others. And I think that's key. So that's why... I have enjoyed getting to know you, Adrian. Thank you. Thank Me you. too. And I know, look, I'm looking at the time and I know we can go yeah. on and on. One last question for you. Sure. And I don't know, I've stumped absolutely everybody with this question. So I know you're going to do great and you can take a few seconds to think about it. So obviously, you know, our brand is called I Am Unbreakable. What does it mean to you when you hear that word unbreakable? If you were to say, I am unbreakable, what, what is that to you? For me, it's never give up. I am unbreakable means never give up. Show your resilience, show your determination, and show your understanding of what you need to do in the next step of wherever you want to be. I love that. You know, I, the only one I couldn't stump, and I kind of knew that you were going to have something uh, to say about it, but you know, you nailed it for me. It's, you know, I've got so many models, but one of them is never give up and, and just to keep moving forward, even if it's baby steps, yeah. Yeah. Um, even if it's that snail's pace, even if you need to take a pause and a breath, but just keep moving forward and your resilience. I love that. Thank you. Big hugs, big love to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you in Vancouver.